This is Cleveland Stage Door. Please welcome our hosts, Jimmy D and Stacy. Hello, everybody. Good afternoon. It is Jimmy Davis with Cleveland Stage Door, and I'm here with Stacy. Stacy, hello. Hello, hello. So good to be here today with uh, the one, the only Garrett Turner as our guest. Garrett, welcome to Cleveland Stage Door. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much. Also, the theme song. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I'm love it. For it. I mean, it's a little bit of a bop, isn't it? It's amazing. <laughs> a little bit of a bop. So, Garrett, you are currently playing Ike in Tina, which is coming to Cleveland very soon. Um, so I hate to like just jump right in, but tell us a little bit about your experience with, with this role in this production. Yeah, let's jump right in. Let's jump right in. It is it, the craziest thing I've ever done and has been an absolutely extraordinary opportunity. This show, I was a fan of the show first. I saw it. The original Broadway cast in 2019, I, I sat on the front row. I saw Adrian Warren give w one of the most incredible performances I will ever see in my life. And my spirit left my body. It was literally like, so to go from that moment to now being, not just being in the show, but like playing the lead and get, getting to do it across the country for, for Tina's fans everywhere and to get to honor her legacy, mm -hmm. it is incredible. I have to say, I am just floored with this production and the names in these in this cast. I mean, you've got some pretty hard-hitting co-stars in this show, and you yourself have a wonderful resume that includes a little bit of time on Broadway, right? Yes, that happened. Absolutely. So don't just say that happened. This is Broadway. Like, be be proud of yourself here. So, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I did that one time. It's fine. So you were actually in the world premiere of Thoughts of a Colored Man, right? That is correct. Thoughts of a Colored Man is a play by Kenan Scott II, uh, which was directed by Steve Brodnax III. And we did the world premiere out of town, in 2019, it was a co-production between Syracuse Stage and Baltimore Center Stage. Uh, and there, all the characters in the show um, are Black men. Actually, there were a couple of Black women in the show when we did the world premiere. Uh, but since then, it's been changed and concretized to be just the men. Uh, and all the names of the characters are emotions. So I uh, originated the role of anger. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the world shut down in 2020 and thereafter in 2021, Broadway opened back up and Thoughts of Color Man was one of the first shows uh, to open back up with it. And I got the call uh, that I was one of the two people who they wanted to keep from the world premiere cast to be on Broadway. And on Broadway, I understudied four um, of the principal characters. And it was I, it was a wild and just really beautiful time. That's absolutely. Did you go from your time with the Thoughts of a Colored Man production right into Tina? Or did you have a little downtime in between? My wife and I went to Cartagena, Colombia. Oh, okay. 
after Thoughts with Color Man closed, we were like, you know what? We need a break. Let's get away. Yeah. And we did that. Um, but yeah, and then there were like a, a few months of auditioning, uh, but it wasn't long until until Tina came along. And what what was, because I'm curious, what was your audition like? My audition was, yeah. it was um, so good in that, you know, oftentimes for lead roles in Broadway shows or Broadway national tours, the team will see you four or five, maybe even six times or more, you know, um, because it's such an important um, thing to, to, for them to see you demonstrate that you can do this, that you can do justice to this, and you can not just like make it seem good one time in an audition, but like, you know, over and over. So I, I understand the, the mentality behind that kind of thing. And I was kind of expecting a similar process for this, but um, they only saw me twice. I went wow. for the first audition and it was our associate director and uh, the music director. And I did maybe what I recall is like one scene and one song. It must have been more than that. There must have been at least like another scene in there or something. Uh, but they gave me some redirection. I did it again. They were like, great. How low can you sing? Let's sing down the scale with me. You know, and then that was it. Ten minutes, yep. if that, in and out. Uh, and then a few days later, they were like, we want you to come in for a callback, which I did um, just over a week later from then. And when I came in for the callback, uh, the whole team was there. Uh, it was the, the director had flown in from London. Phyllida Lloyd is her name. Um, Sharika Niles is our incredible associate director. Uh, just to give another shout out. Um, and, and, you know, all the producers were there. It was like, everybody was there. And I had prepared three scenes and three songs. And I started with the scenes and I was, you know, so I would do a scene and then Phyllida would be like, yes, all right, let's look at the next one. You know, <laughs> and, I'd one and she'd say the exact same thing, which I point out to say that I got no notes, no yeah. redirection, nothing from her to say, well, let's try it again. And because oftentimes, you know, in the callback, much of the point is like the director's trying to see how you take direction, right? Like mm -hmm. how, you're gonna work together. But she didn't do any of that for six pieces that I did in a row. And I'm thinking, okay, you didn't fly out here to just watch me do it. You know, like do <laughs> a tape if that's what you want. But yeah. but yeah, lo and behold, after after I did that, they they um had me pull up a chair and interviewed me, like asked me a few questions about my thoughts on tour and playing this character and uh about a week later, my manager was like, yeah, they want you to do it. So oh, it was, my gosh. It, I felt like I felt like I walked in the room mm -hmm. and they were like, we like what you're doing and we trust you. And to feel that from a creative team is amazing. That's amazing. That, that is that really is amazing. Um, I, I can't tell you how I would have been terrified getting no notes back. <laughs> Um, I can only imagine what was going through your head, but it, just based on that story and the way that you embody this character in the press photos that we've seen and in the short clips that were shared with us, 
I don't think they could have found a more perfect man for the job. I mean, really, it's so hard as an actor to step into a character that everybody knows and everybody knows who Ike Turner is. How did you get ready to be this iconic human being in this amazing story? Yeah, great question. I a number of ways. I made sure I was in shape because I knew it's just a juggernaut of a show and you had to be ready um, for that. Uh, you know, get the cardio up so you can breathe and and sing and <laughs> say the words, you know, honor Katori Hall's text. Um, and, but I mean, the main thing was the research of the character. Um, so I read Ike's autobiography. Mm -hmm. I read a biography about Ike. I read Tina's autobiography and that felt really important because it gave different vantage points of his story and their story together, you know, and it was like to see if there were disagreements or misalignments about who was saying what, which yeah. I was kind of surprised to find there weren't that many. It was, it, it was like they, both of them agreed on like most of the essential facts of their relationship, how things went down and, and, and that kind of thing. But it was just very informative, very informative, particularly to see how he would write about his own story. That was his autobiography was the hardest part of the whole thing yeah. um, because he was not a healthy man, you know, uh, in, in minder and spirit and to imbibe that. I would say his autobiography essentially read as um, the chronicles of a serial abuser and sexual predator who revels in his escapades it was it was quite like disturbing you know there was, was when i say that they that there weren't that many misalignments what i mean is like ike would say well yeah i i did hit her but it was because she wouldn't speak to me you know it was it was yeah. like that kind of thing which was really disconcerting but also very important just to 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 take in about this person who i'm about to you know, play eight shows a week. Um, yeah. And then from there, I looked at every video I could find of, of Ike, of Tina, of the Ike and Tina Turner review of them on the road, of them at home of, uh, and just, you know, seeing who this man was. Cause to your point, he was a real person who actually lived and not just that he was an, an icon and, you know, in many people's viewpoints and, and a lot of people have preconceptions about him and, and knows so much, you know, about, very specifically who he was. So I, I did that work. And then I, I also replicated his voice, you know, I would just listen to interviews and then try and say the words verbatim at the same pitch, you know, mm -hmm. with the same timbre, with just everything. And then, you know, I, I, I had to, I had to marry that with, with what it means to like be on stage and honor Katori's text. So it, it kind of met somewhere in the middle and, and, so, you and know, I, a real easy process and not at all any hardware. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You put in hours and, and days and months and, and just really have been doing the work behind all of this. It's it's such a conflicting thing because at the beginning of the career of Ike Turner, you know, everybody loved him and everybody really wanted, at you know, this love story between the two of them to happen. And, and in the real world, that's 
how they were presented as a wonderful, loving couple. And then you peel back all of the layers and he becomes essentially a villain. How do you step into that role every day? And then at the end of the show, step out of it and become Garrett again. Yeah. I have a ritual that I do before every show that essentially involves um, a kind of meditation and prayer. And the utility of that for me is I ground myself in myself and then I give myself permission to step into Ike, um, this, this person who is manifestly not me, you know? So that kind of grounded separation I think is really important. And then in terms of getting out of it, I actually have a motto for the show, uh, for my show that mm -hmm. I've shared with every dresser that I've had in every city. And the motto is, we love act two. <laughs> and I say that because act one is essentially like Tina's journey, like through the Ike and Tina sort of portion of her life. And then act two, she has this incredible journey well beyond Ike where she reinvents herself and really like comes into her own and finds her own sound. And ah, that's what I love so much about our show. So it's about this like, liberation but anyway while tina's out there doing her thing in act two i'm backstage chilling <laughs> <laughs> compressing shall we say you know what i mean i yeah. i have time to sort of come down off the madness that by the time we get to bows i'm gucci it's all i'm like what's up y'all remember yeah. me we went like, through this thing in Act One, but like it was just me. It's okay, and we have fun to to end. Like the show. I promise, I'm a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's always the challenge of becoming the villain on stage: is that you walk in and and uh, you know, like if you're playing the Wicked Witch, you know, like you're a nice woman. You walk on stage, all of the kids love you. And then they hear that laugh and none of the kids love you anymore. I'm sure it's the same that you probably have been walking out of there and somebody go, Oh, I hated you so bad. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I, my usual response to them is that's the correct response. You mean, yeah. They're like, they say like, Oh, I wanted to boo you. I say, well, I deserve every boo I get. I, yeah. <laughs> to be like, honest, you know, just, just, being real with people that's that's how it is but you got to be willing to like step into that dynamic fully you know i um a mentor of mine his name is forrest mcclendon mm -hmm. and he has uh, a sort of methodology of finding your way into a character which is called choice work and as part of that there are like a number this is like sort of system of questions that you go through to establish who the character is and one of them is theme songs and so he always establishes a theme song for his character. Uh, and in taking on this system, you know, I've been, I've been doing that for some years now as well. And the theme song for Ike is Tupac's Me Against the World. Ah, and that perfect. is the mentality you have to have. <laughs> I mean, when I'm backstage getting changed to go into the final sort of big fight of act one and Tina's mom is on stage and she goes, you're going to have to beat his ass like I used to beat your daddy's ass. And then thousands of people cheer simultaneously like, yeah, kill him. 
awesome. You know, you gotta have the mentality of character wise, of course. Yeah. Bring it on. It's me against the world, baby. Like, no one, everybody doubts me, everybody's against me, but bring it on. And that, and I love that dynamic of the theater because it's really, you can feel it. It's palpable, you know, between, between me and the audience until I take that bow and, and then it's all fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so glad that you said that because I feel like that's going to be one of my questions moving forward is like what song relates to your character so well. Because now I just want to play that song while I'm in my car driving to come see your show just to be like, I'm getting in with Garrett. That's what I'm it's doing. Just, just the world, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, what's one thing, uh, Garrett, what's one thing that you would say um, is a lesson that you've learned playing this role? so far yeah like a life lesson that you could take from the show um that i can do it that i can lead a show uh eight times a week while traveling across the country with my pregnant wife (gasps) news news flash um thank you thank you and um and i can and I can, I can do that. I can do it with grace while treating people as well as I'm able to the best of my capacity from our cast to our crew, um, loving on folks while standing in my truth. And um, yeah, I mean, there, it is difficult to explain the amount of pressures uh, and things that are asked of you and things that will come up that you could never anticipate in a million years (laughs) that you're just presented with in the midst of that process. Um, But yeah, but I think God has imbued me with the spirit um to to be able to to do that and and do that justice so yeah that's what i've learned that's that's great let's flip that around what do you think a life lesson the the crowd the audience who have not seen the show before will take from the show what do you think they're going to take out of the show yeah i mean i hope they take that um that you can do it (laughs) that you that you like it's possible to have the courage to liberate yourself whatever that is in your life you know that is standing in your way of of finding the fullness of who you are and who you are meant to be like it is it is possible to break free to 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 claim your own spirit in its fullness and do it i mean that is tina turner you know what she was she was from nutbush tennessee Mm -hmm. she grew up in poverty as a black woman in the rural south in an abusive household and made it from there. Like her parents left her. They, they left her and she was raised by her grandmother and 
she eventually made it to St. Louis and stepped out on faith in using this gift that she had, which was her voice, into, in, into like the, the ride of a lifetime that was also like hellish, which she never could have known. But you know what? She went through it and she found herself along that way. And she said, I know who I am and I know where I need to be. And she got out and she scrubbed tables and, and took care of them kids by herself. And then she sold 200 million copies of her own music and she was performing for stadiums full of people in across the world. I mean, you can't fake the funk. Tina Turner was the real deal and she lets us know and makes us believe that that's possible, that it's possible. Oh my gosh, hearing you talk about that makes me wanna like get up right now and go outside and do something. Like, I feel like you just, <laughs> you believe it so much in your soul, you make me wanna get out and do it too. Hey, that's what our, that's what our show will make you do, I promise <laughs> y'all. It's, it's amazing to see that story you know, play out before your eyes. It's really that, cute. That is absolutely wonderful. I'm so excited to come and see you. You're going to be here as part of the Key Bank Broadway series at Connor Palace Playhouse Square, April 25th through May 14th. Um, so we get a lot of chances to come and see you on stage. I might have to come back two or three times now talking to you after this. Like, wow, what a, what a truly amazing experience. I have to ask, though, because it's something I, I love to ask of people. When Baby Garrett was getting involved in theater out in the world, what was one of the first shows that you stepped on stage and went, oh, I could do this? What was your inspiring moment? Fascinating. Are, and are you asking about shows that I saw or shows that I was in? Shows? Oh, I mean, it could be either. I typically like to know shows that you were in, like one of the ones that started your 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 bug of theater. Yeah, um, Charlotte's Web. Really? <laughs> that, was the, that was the first play I ever did, and it was I went to a, a a very small private Christian high school in the Bible Belt in Alabama. I'm from Florence, Alabama, and we would have a senior play every year every year the senior class like as a whole would put on a play and there were only like 50 people in you know my my class um so it was the kind of thing that you could do and everyone could play a little role or whatever and um jeremy painter shout out shout out to jeremy painter he directed <laughs> us in uh charlotte's web and i played templeton the rat and i was like <laughs> I just remember one scene I went on, I don't know, I don't remember what it is, but I, you know, I said my last line and I, I went like, hmm, and I slinked away. Yeah. And as I was slinking away, I got exit applause. And I was like, oh, this feels nice. You know, you don't get exit applause in English class. Like that. <laughs> right, like, so, oh, I could have people clap for me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that was fun. And then, and then the summer after my senior year of high school, I did a community theater production of Beauty and the Beast uh, when I I played Lumiere, and and that was another. Those two kind of back to back were like, okay, this thing is really cool. 
Now I didn't, I didn't like go on to major in theater and I didn't make a choice to pursue it professionally until I was in my twenties. Um, like later on when I had moved, you know, overseas for, for grad school, but that I think sent, sent me off on the path. That's so cool. I, I love hearing about that because it's, I like to, to think about how every actor who has gotten to do the amazing things that you have to be on Broadway, to be in the touring cast, to originate roles. Um, I, I read on your, uh, your biography sheet that also you are writing your own show all of those things had to start somewhere and it is very frequently the high school show or the community theater and i feel like that empowers people to go out and audition for their local spots yeah it remains very important and it remains sad the way that kind of um arts sphere has, has been gutted in a lot of communities you know across the nation but it's yeah i mean it's it's so important not not only not solely because it can send people off on career paths but because it like brings light to people and grounds people in terms of who they are and education and school it's a wonderful way to learn so many social skills or just a, just a lot of there are, there's so many things that can be gleaned from that so i'm i'm very happy that i was blessed to have those opportunities Absolutely. That's awesome. So one thing I do like to ask Garrett is do you have advice that you give to newer actors who go out on tours? Like what's the one thing that you would give to new actors going on the tours? Um get some sleep. I... <laughs> <laughs> Yo, travel with your wife or your partner if you're able. Like when I tell you Bonita Jackson Turner has been my rock <laughs> on this tour um, and kept me sane at so many moments, you know, when I was tempted to tilt off the axis. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so much, there's so much I could say. I, I you know, uh, Zuren Villanueva is one of our Tinas um, in, in the show and, and she has toured before and she calls it the Vortex. Uh, as it's just its own reality. I mean, it's so difficult, particularly like a, a juggernaut musical like Tina. It's, it takes so much energy to do um, at all, right? Much less eight shows a week, uh, much less eight shows a week when you're traveling to a new city every week. It's like, I, you really have to just find a way to stay grounded. And another piece of advice that someone gave me um, before coming on this tour is that essentially don't make the show your everything or your only thing. Um, mm. You find something to do during the days that keeps you grounded outside of it. And it could be writing a show. It could be if you're just really big on um, uh, working out and ma making sure you stay up on that regimen. It, it could be, it could be any number of, of things, but like, don't just like sit in your hotel room and like wait for the show to happen. Just be out there, live, do an adventure, at least one adventure in every city. That was um, something that Bonita and I uh, decided to do and it's been really great. So yeah, that's, those are some of the things that's, I would say. That's awesome. Well, 
Garrett, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Garrett will be in Cleveland in a couple of weeks, April 25th through May 14th for with Tina, the Tina Turner musical, a part of the Key Bank Broadway series. Great tickets are still available at playoffsquare.org. Garrett, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. It was an awesome conversation. It was great. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> thank y'all for having me. This was beautiful, and I really appreciate y'all. Can't wait. Absolutely. And a special preview. Sure. Yeah, it's going to be great. A special <laughs> preview. Thanks to our friends at Playoff Square. Here is a preview of the show coming up. And remember to come see Garrett and the entire cast of Tina here April 25th through May 14th. Thanks, y'all. Have a great week. We'll see y'all next week where we talk to David Green from Playoff Square uh, about the 2023-2024 KeyBank Broadway series and the Akron Broadway series. So that's exciting. Thank y'all. Appreciate it. Have a great week. Garrett, thank you again. Cleveland Stage Door is a podcast produced by NEO Music Scene. Check out all the happenings around Cleveland on neomusicscene.com. A Jimmy D production copyrighted 2023 by Jimmy D Productions, jimmydpro.com.